0: Hey everybody, I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities this podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up and to move the ball. Hello, and thanks for joining me today. Real quickly, though, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and also share the show with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers too. Today, we are mixing it up. You are not just going to hear my conversation with one guest, oh, no. You've got two amazing football coaches who share just incredible perspectives on how football teaches so many lessons to move the ball and be successful on the football field, in business, in your career, and just in life. Now, who is joining me today? Well, Coach Rob Mendez, who you might know as he was awarded the SP's Jimmy V Perseverance Award in 2019, and also joining me is Coach David Moore, known as Coach Mo. He has a wealth of coaching experience. He is currently the head football coach at Mar Vista High School, and Coach Mo is also a Marine Corps vet, which is something that means a lot to me, given that, as you know, I'm still serving as an Army judge advocate. These two guys, they do a great job of just providing a wealth of advice. Vice. And as you'll see on this episode, the three of us, we really vibrate on the same wavelength. And a lot of things they talk about are things that I have also written on in both my Move the Ball and Dominate the Game books. This episode will definitely leave you motivated and inspired. And once you listen to it, every time you face an obstacle or a challenge in life, you're going to be tempted to say to yourself, who says I can't? Now, just wait, we're going to talk about those four words on the show so you'll know what I'm talking about and we discuss so much more. Have a listen in. Rob Coach Mo, it is so great to have you both here inside the huddle with us today. How are you guys doing? We're
1: doing great. Appreciate the time and we've connected in person before. So thank you for your time.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you both on, Rob. I saw you a few times. I mean, last time I saw you was Super Bowl weekend. So a few months back, we were both out at the Celebrity Sweat Flag football game, which was an incredible event to just participate in and, and be a part of. So what I'd like to do with a lot of people that are on my show, have a lot of NFL athletes on the show. One question that I'd like to ask them that I will ask both of you is, my listeners know that this whole Move the Ball movement started because I wrote a book called Move the Ball, which was all about lessons that I took away from the sport of football that I found to be helpful as I navigated my career success. When you guys look at what football has taught both of you outside of the hard work, the discipline, the dedication, because all of that stuff is like any competitive sport will give you that. What are some of the other things specifically that you've taken away from football? So Coach Moa, I'm going to start with you.
2: So many. That's what's amazing about footballs because they, I mean, like right off the bat, we think about like resilience. There's plenty of times, especially last year, we're down. The, I think the, the score was 26 to six, and then we end up winning like 28 to 26. And it's just like kids never, ever, ever give up. I was also fortunate to coach the girls' basketball team here. They barely made like 500, they were like the last seed. And they end up winning, beating the number one seed and end up winning the first championship in like 72 years of this school's history. And it's just that, hey, let's not give up. If we can look up, we can get up. We can, (laughs) there's still a chance. Let's just keep going. So, I mean, there's so many, so many lessons. I understand like football is not for everybody, but it's amazing the lessons you can get out of this. Every day I'm learning something new and I'm, I've always hoped to push that on to kids.
0: Oh, for sure. And I like that you mentioned every day you're learning something new because that's going to take you wherever you want to go in life. It's about that continuous learning, whether you're an athlete or a coach or in a completely different industry. It's all about always being willing to learn and be coachable, as you know, as well. How about you, Rob? What are some of the things that you've taken away from the sport of football?
2: Well, I can even go
1: way back when I was in high school. So I knew football had a lot to do with the mental aspect of it. So you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch Steve Young and the 49ers, I saw him run off the field during a play and and talk to the coach. And he was the only player talking to the coach. And I asked my grandpa, I said, hey, what's he doing? He goes, oh, that's the coach that tells him what to run, whether to run right, run left, or pass the ball to the tight end or to Jerry Rice. That's the brain of it. And I thought to myself, wow, that is something I'm able to do. And I've always focused on my abilities instead of my incapabilities. I think that football has shown me a lot of it's just like in life, when you make decisions, you got to make a play call for the next play, right? You're setting it up for the big play. And to me, it's like when you win the first down, you win the morning. And the first down is the first hour, a couple hours of your day. And you just try to set the tone right. And whether if it's going to be smooth all the way throughout the day, as everybody knows, it's like a roller coaster, right? How are we going to respond to curveballs? How are we going to respond to what happens outside of the game plan? And I feel like football has taught me that. And football has kind of taught me how to respond to what life throws at you, how to respond to what the defense gives me. So if I'm going to have eight guys in the box, we're probably going to throw the ball. We're going to try to throw the ball. If they're going to give us the numbers in the box, such as six or five, then it's a good numbers to run the ball against. I love how football is very relative to, to life.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I like there's a couple of things I wanted to just emphasize that both of you mentioned. First, Coach Mo, you talked about playing the full game, right? You gotta keep playing. And so in my move the ball book, there's a chapter about playing the full 60. And people will ask me all the time, Jen, how did you get so into football as a kid? Now I didn't grow up in a football family. I had no brothers. So for me, I just started watching the game and fell in love with it. And for me, it was really about those third, fourth quarter comebacks that I'd see different teams make. Now they didn't always win, but it happened enough that it was like, wow, I just found it fascinating and intriguing. I just got sucked into the sport. And it's so true. You have to continue to play the game, whether that's life or it's a football game or a basketball game, you've got to play until that game clock hits zero. And Rob, you also mentioned the first down. And I think that's so important. It's also another chapter in the Move the Ball book, which is about focusing on the next first down versus focusing on getting in the end zone. As both of you know, it's not about the Hail Marys all the time. It's about that incremental ball movement, getting a few yards here and there. They talk about how football is a game of inches, right? And so it's about making that forward progress, getting that next first down, resetting, and then continuing to move forward. And in the life context, it's about breaking down your goals into smaller chunks, focusing on those milestones, those mini first downs, and doing the plays to get that, then you celebrate that, you acknowledge that, and then you keep going. And then that helps you from being overwhelmed by that bigger goal. So I like that you both mentioned some concepts that I also picked up on as a kid. Now, Rob, a few years back in 2019, you were a Jimmy V Award winner at the ESPYs. Tell us about what was that experience like for you to be acknowledged and recognized on that stage, just for being someone who's always persevered in your life and not let things be limitations, looking for opportunities?
1: Yeah, well, it was kind of very surprising. I was working at a call center at the time when ESPN reached out. I didn't really believe it. And this is another life lesson that don't let opportunities pass you up. Thankfully, the director of the documentary who says I can't she reached out again a couple of days later and I responded met at a coffee shop and we planned it out from the beginning till the end she saw the team grow and my whole goal was like you said just get better sometimes you got to punt the ball and that's okay just like in poker you're dealt two seven and I feel like I mentioned this a lot when I'm doing my motivational speeches is that you know it's okay to fold sometimes and for me that is how you manage a game. When I when I was a head coach up in Northern California, I wanted to always make decisions what's best for the team. So if, if our defense is going to be the stronger side of the ball, then we got to play the, the field side. Anyways, so she saw how much the staff and I were all in. And just little by little, each week she came back. She was ping-ponging back from New York to San Jose. And the story was just so unique and you can't make this stuff up on how the team came together. And in the beginning, you know, I had players quitting on me because I'm in a wheelchair with no arms, no legs. Well, it all came together and we ended up going eight and two and, and to the league title game. And unfortunately we lost, but it resonated very well with the president from ESPN. Jimmy Pataro reached out and surprised me, gave me an invite to the campus of ESPN. That was pretty cool in itself got me on Sports Center, and I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world because I watch Sports Center every night and every day. And so he surprised me, told me the news on how it was going to be accepted. When I got there, I was just happy to be there because I never pictured myself being at an SB, let alone receiving or giving an acceptance speech for the Jimmy V Award. And ironically, my website I built it like in 2015 or 16, and I put Jimmy V's speech when he received the Arthur Ashe Award in 93 to never give up as a reminder for myself and everybody that goes on my website. So just to be receiving that award was mind boggling, very nerve wracking right before the speech. I can show you photos of my face, just like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then once I was up there, it was a blessing. It was just an amazing experience just to meet all the celebrities. Like we know we got to meet the Gronkowski brothers, just meeting all these guys that I got to see on TV, Adrian Peterson, Rick Barry came up to me. That was like a surprise to see as a Warriors fan. But yeah, it was a surprising. And I was like a small kid in a big city just with his eyes lit up and having fun
0: an incredible experience for sure. And that's the nice thing about, or the cool thing about today's day with technology, it's so easy for people to find you and to hear about your stories and to see what you're doing. And so I think it's important for people to remember, like, no matter what they're doing out there to make an impact, keep doing what you're doing, walking in your purpose, and you never know what opportunities are going to come because somebody might just reach out to you and say, Hey, I saw what you're doing. I love that. So I think that's great. So Coach Mo, you have been a coach for many, many years. You've coached youth, you're head football coach now at Mar Vista High School. Tell us about your journey with what are some of the things, I mean, as coaches, as leaders, there's a few things that you're chartered to do. One is to lead, but part of that leading is not only to be providing guidance and direction and influence, but also helping to bring out the best version of everybody that is looking to you for that leadership, right? And so when you're looking at leading the young men... And And women who you've coached over the years, what are some of the things that you really instill upon them?
2: I don't take this uh, amazing opportunity for granted. I I heard someone say, "Just the fact that you're not going to remember your third period teacher, but you're going to remember your football coach." I mean, it's just that's one thing. No matter, I mean, um, well, out of high school, and I still remember my football coach. I remember what he sounds like, what everything about him, and, and and it's so true and. I just try to be that positive coach that lets these guys know that, hey, you can do this. I mean, I have this opportunity that to kind of shape these kids' life and it's it's absolutely truly a blessing right here. Let these guys know like we're we're about to talk about our offense, and the one thing I <laughs> tell my coach is hey we're looking for we're looking for lions, not lambs right here. You got to have that self confidence, the fact that these kids right now are about to get these opportunities to play. We had 20-some-odd seniors leave, and there's definitely some opportunities there, but you guys talked about it earlier. Just who's going to take advantage of these opportunities? And sometimes we're our hardest opponents. I mean, I I never thought this would be a possibility, me being a high school football coach. I started youth coaching for about 20 years and I always saw high school but most high school coaches they start at like three in the afternoon I worked the nine to five and so I was like oh this will never happen to me and you know you, you put these own these limitations on yourself and it's just once again hey who says I can now that I'm my own head coach I can make my own hours on here and it's that ability to kind of try to find a way that's that's what I try to give to these kids that hey guys let's let's try to find a way it, you guys are talking about finding that first down. I tell these kids all the time, sometimes it's brick by brick. Stop looking at the scoreboard. I just want you to lay this perfect brick right here, get that first down, and then we'll worry about getting into the end zone. And before you know it, we'll be there. I tell kids all the time, definitely football more than anything else. Well, this is a small school. There's about thousand or so kids that go to this school. So there's a lot of kids that do other sports, but I always tell them there's nothing at all like football. When, when we show up on Friday Night Lights, you have this one opportunity to beat this team right here. There's no best out of anything like baseball. There's no, oh my gosh, it's raining. Coach, can we stay home? It's like, no. <laughs> it actually rains in Southern California. And we're going to keep going. We're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep going through. And I hope that these kids learn that this is what's needed for life. Life's going to hit you. Life's going to hit you hard and crazy things are going to happen. And you got to understand, okay, let me just look at the brick now. I understand there's a, I need to make this wall, but <laughs> let me just look at this one little brick right here. Let me set this one and then we'll move on. With
0: it. For sure. And when you're looking at taking a brick by brick, I mean, sometimes you have to adjust and adapt. That's what football tells us as well, right? And so we can all look at our lives and be like, there are times where we've had to make adjustments to be able to continue to move the ball. So, Rob, when you look at your journey, what are some of the adjustments that you've had to make to get you to where you're at today?
1: Well, I forgot exactly what coach said, but it, it made me think of something on how it really comes down to how badly we want things, right? So we all want to do a lot of things in our lives. And sometimes we really just got to narrow it down and, and just realize this is what I'm going to go after. And don't get me wrong, like, I always want to be a master of my craft, right? Instead of jack of all trades. And my dad taught me when I was younger, I should say when my first couple of years as a coach, I started when I was 18 and I think it was my second year, I got asked to coach the basketball team, right? And everybody was wondering why am I coaching football in the rainy, hot weather, I can get stuck in the mud on rainy days, I'm sweating my butt off out in the sun because where I come from, it's about 100 degrees in the summer. So I told him, you know what, it's for the love of the sport and I really want to pursue football. I think just on the adjustments and the adaptations of life, I kept the main thing, the main thing, and that was to pursue a head coaching job. Thankfully, Prospect granted me that opportunity. And I must say that it's patience. It's about really wanting things and understanding that it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I applied for four different head coaching jobs this offseason. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And God led me to coach Mo and Mar Vista. So I'm truly patient in what I want to do. but. Like I said, it really comes down to how badly you want it and you're going to figure out those adjustments. And off the top of my head, I can't really say what exactly adjustments I did other than to learn a whole new community, I guess, right? Because I'm in San Diego now compared to Little Gilroy, California. But you got to remind yourself how badly you want it and keep the main thing the main thing.
0: Yeah. And I think that's important because it means sometimes we're going to have outcomes that aren't what we ideally hope for, but you've got to adjust and pivot and roll with it. You never know what opportunities are going to present itself. You never know who you're going to connect with and network within a current opportunity that could help position you for that next thing that you're ultimately trying to get to as well. And so I think we always have to remember, A, how bad do we want it? Coach Mo, you mentioned how we oftentimes are the ones that place limitations on ourselves. We tend to be our harshest critic, for one. And we- we, we tend to tell ourselves that, oh, we can't do something. And I mean, for me, I have this Move the Ball podcast. We're in season four. If you were to tell me when I was a kid that I would have a show, well, back then they didn't have podcasts. But if you were to tell me that we'd have a show and I'd get to work with all these NFL players, I wouldn't have believed it. Because even when I wrote my Move the Ball book, I didn't know a single person that coached football, that played professional football. I had zero industry contacts. And it was really about showing up every day and trying to network and connect. And there were a lot of people that really didn't care, but I kept persevering through. And finally, you meet people that were genuinely interested and As you both know, football is small. And so I was fortunate to have people take a chance on me and stick their name out for me. And so here we are today. So it's been an incredible journey. But as a kid, I never thought that I would be in the sports space because I didn't know anybody. So I allowed that viewpoint to be a limitation. And the nice thing about today is like I said earlier, you've got technology, you've got all kinds of tools through social media and ways to connect to people that you didn't have back then. So it's really, I mean, there's no excuse for being able to go after what you want and connect with people. You just got to put yourself out there, show up and then see where the journey takes you. So you guys are bringing up some great points on the show. So let's talk about Mar Vista football for a little bit. So, Coach Mo, what is it that excites you about this football team, this organization, and going into next school year? Well,
2: I love this community. I love the school. I mean, I, as of last year, I am the fourth head coach in the last four years. And I know those COVID years are pretty hard for a lot of coaches, but a lot of coaches looked at this position as a stepping stone <laughs> let me do this job and then the phone will ring and i'll jump on to the next and i just really and truly look at this opportunity like oh no i'm a, am gonna build this up i'm going to make something amazing happen imperial beach is an amazing community once we can get these guys behind us i know it's a 72 year old school i i see alumni all the time like hey coach i want you to win us one and it's like and Coach mentioned earlier, it's just it's just the really and truly love for the game that we have here. Love for the game, love for these kids. It's like my goodness, it's we're definitely going to be on the rise. Instead of hey, let me jump to the top. I I love just being able to build this to the top. This is going to be a very exciting and interesting place. I got a two-year plan, a five-year plan, definitely planning on turning some heads lately.
0: (laughs) Well, I look forward to seeing all the great things that you're going to do at the program. So Rob, you have a book that I think is phenomenal. It talks about your journey, Who Says I Can't? First, I love the title. I think it's important. So I do a lot of branding, consulting work with people and companies and NFL players, and the brand is important. Right. And the title of a book when you're writing a book is also important. Talk to us about the title, the book, and kind of what your goal was for writing it.
1: So, Who Says I Can't actually came from a school dance in eighth grade. And my friends, they always talk smack back and forth. That's what it really makes friends. Right. So, they knew I can do a lot of things, but they didn't know I had not only the ability to do a donuts in my wheelchair and get on the dance floor and do some shimmies with my shoulders but they didn't realize the confidence I had. So I noticed a really pretty girl and I wanted to go dance with her. So they're like, dude, get out of here, bro. I'll be dancing with her before you and you can't dance anyways. I said, oh yeah, I looked over my shoulder and just said, who says I can't? Rolled up right into her, did a donut, rolled around her and she started laughing. And then (laughs) I have to be honest, like I knew that once I made her laugh, that was like just a really cool feeling. I took that confidence everywhere else. So who says I can't get this job? Who says I can't get whatever I need to get and what I want to do in life? When ESPN first reached out, they wanted to call the documentary A Beautiful Mind. And I thought to myself, I don't have a beautiful mind. I might have a strong mind or something, but (laughs) No, that doesn't fit me. It's got to tie into the persona, the character of the person. And I think there is a movie that's called A Beautiful Mind. So yes, yes. Sir, yes.
2: <laughs> anyways,
1: I'm like, no, that's not working, not working. We went back and forth for a good month or two. And then she finally started realizing the kids were getting the chant going. And every time after a game, who says I can't? Nobody. And the kids were just echoing back to me. And it just, you know, trended. Little by little by little by little. And she started realizing halfway through the season, okay, coach, it's going to be called who says I can't. And I think it's just a great mantra for everybody. Don't hold yourself back. Don't be your own worst enemy. And I truly believe that the only disability anybody can have is a bad attitude. So who says I can't? Obviously, I can't swing a bat in the batter's box, right? But that's not going to mean that I'm not going to be able to find enjoyment or happiness in this life. So I feel like this story has blossomed into appreciating our abilities And when we appreciate our abilities, we're going to be able to figure out what we want to do in life within our own capabilities. So I've just kept that consistent year in, and year out. And I might slow down here with the chant going forward with the teams because it is out there and I don't want to beat it like a dead horse. So the second year was at Prospect. We said we want good people. And then they would say before good football players. So, because I had a feeling it was going to be my last season at Prospect, I wanted to pursue a varsity job down here in San Diego. I wanted to make the move, so... I almost was just letting them know that there's a lot more to football and it's about being kind to each other. And truthfully, without kindness and strength and love in my heart, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I wanted to leave that message with the kids that Prospect my second year.
0: Oh, for sure. And I love the who says I can't. I mean, it just, when you listen to the words of it, I mean, it just invokes motivation and positive energy. And I mean, obviously that's what you want to be putting out there into the universe. And so I just, I love the title. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a link in the show notes so people can order a signed copy of your book. So tell us, when did the book come out and what have you been doing with the book? I know you do speaking events too. Walk us through some of the stuff you've been doing since your book came out.
1: It came out, (laughs) this is bad, I forget the exact date, but it was September of 21. When it came out, it didn't seem so real before I looked at it and it was presented to me because The marketing agency is is based out of Milwaukee and they flew me to Milwaukee and when I saw the box of books I almost cried because when you see it physically firsthand it's like wow that's a big accomplishment in life and it was just great to see but what I'm doing with it now is I'm just basically trying to share the message of the book and at first the title really says who says I can't to show people that within my abilities I persevered through life's challenges and got to where I'm at today but really after reading back on it it gave me a lot of nostalgic memories and i think that the book will give you a lot of appreciation for the relationships along the way and it kind of it helps me self reflect and i got to be honest i had a ghostwriter and we met up on zoom or in person during the pandemic i told him my life story from beginning to end and he did a great job on bringing me back to actually picturing myself like at el roble park when me and my friends got into a little fight with the sixth graders when we were in fifth grade or when my grandpa would have me on his knee and telling me all what the positions do in football that's the quarterback he throws it that's the running back he runs the ball the receiver catches it it was self-explanatory right receiver receives running back runs and just little by little i got to learn the sport but Yeah, I just I think that a lot of people have given me different feedbacks and you're going to take from whatever it is. But I think for me, it made me appreciate my relationships a lot more just reading back on my friends and family.
0: And you had mentioned earlier about the dance and you're like, who says I can? It's having that confidence. And there was something else I was going to mention about that. I mean, we know that you perform higher when you have confidence and a belief that you can get something done. When you have that confidence, it doesn't mean that you know all the answers when you're trying to do something, but you're confident in your ability to achieve that objective. And I think that's important for people to remember. You could have doubts or you might not know everything, but you just have to believe that you can do it and you'll figure it out. The other thing that I like that you mentioned was that. You made this young lady laugh. And it was about making an impression. And I think that's important too, as people look to navigate their career. I mean, I was in Fortune 50 senior leadership in my 20s. My peers were in their 40s and 50s. So people always ask me, what did I do to get there? And I actually did a two-part series on this podcast where I shared some tips on that. But part of it is leaving an impression. When you're interacting with people, you want to leave an impression on those people that is different than the crowd, right? So you're setting yourself apart. You're differentiating yourself. You're separating yourself from everybody else so that people remember you or people will say yes for something. You'll get the dance. I think that's important too, just as a business tip or a pro tip. It's all about setting an example and leaving an impression as well. So one of the things that I like to ask people to on this podcast, we're all about moving the ball and making things happen. My latest book that came out last year was called Dominate the Game, How Life Changes When You Show Up. And life really does change when you show up and you focus on the things that you need to each and every day. When you look at the things that you do to help you be high performers, I'm going to start with you, Coach Mo. What are some of the things that you do that you implement into your regimen so that you can make the most out of each day and be a high performer? Summer.
2: For me, it's always a checklist. I have the calendar. I don't care if it's the phone that has to remind me or that quiet time either before you go to bed or right as soon as you wake up. These are the eat the frog moments. I got to go ahead and take care of this right out the bat and, and <laughs> knock this right here out. And just having the checklist and feeling good about crossing this off, uh, the weight of this done. There's a lot of people that they get into that uh, I don't really want to confront this, but I always tell myself, you can't conquer anything that you don't confront. Like, hey, you got, you got to confront this right here, get it done and get this taken care of. So for me, it's checklist always because, I mean, I could start the day with, hey, I want to get this done and then life will just start flowing you here, there, and everywhere else. And I think that's why it's so important to maybe write down your goals and sit there and say, hey, this is what I need to get done. I mean, if you want long-term, it has to be that dedication. Someone said, but 18 minutes a day, you can be a master at whatever you need to do. So it's not, hey, I'm motivated one day to go ahead and work out and I'm be where I want to be at. It's like, no, you got to hit it every single. It's not motivation. It's more the dedication. And then having that straight plan. I I always see life as being like the ocean right out here. These swells will take you. There's times that if I jump in the ocean right now, we have such strong swells over here at Imperial Beach. I could be a mile within two minutes. I could be a mile down the beach. And life's kind of like that. If you start your day and you don't have that motor, that saying, hey, I'm going to get this right here done, that life in the swells will just take you miles. You're like, whoa, how'd I end up here? It's because you didn't have a plan. You just started your day and (laughs) did whatever you need to do. That's how I approach that right there.
0: Yeah, completely. I mean, when you're more intentional, having that checklist, having that plan, it allows you to hopefully stay more focused, especially when life does try to pull you in different directions. How about you, Rob? What are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're productive with your time?
1: I just try to basically be productive by making the best of whatever happened. Like, for example, I forgot my fault I, that we didn't have practice on Monday. And so I ride the bus through this most beautiful scenic route. I live in downtown San Diego, and I take the bus that goes through Coronado and over the bridge. I thought about it. I'm like, I woke up, did my routine. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a holiday weekend. So I shoot a text to Coach Mo, and five, ten minutes later, he no, Coach, we're not back on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, bus driver! Stop, stop here, stop here. And thankfully I was on the island and it was the most beautiful island I've ever been on. I couldn't believe how nice and how many shops there are. So I got off right there in front of the Hotel Dell. I needed a haircut. I got a nice fresh haircut. So I just said, I'm going to use this time to get a haircut because I've always been pushing it off. And then I just wanted to check out some coffee shops. I love local coffee shops. And just kind of just making the best of whatever you can't control. And controlling the controllables is what Coach LaFleur taught me when I was visiting the Packers up in Green Bay. I asked him, you know, what's one thing that you can tell me as a high school football coach that you feel like that you're consistent with as an NFL coach? And he says, control the controllables. If you control the controllables, then we will be able to adapt and figure out what we need to figure out from there.
0: Control the controllables, that phrase I actually also include in the Dominate the Game book. So we are very much aligned in our thinking, if you couldn't tell, throughout this podcast. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I've got some fun questions. I'm going to ask you both as part of my two-minute drill. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy-to-implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle and all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, guys, we are back. Are you ready to have some more fun? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Coach Mo, I'm going to start with you. The first question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself?
2: I'm creative. I love to paint. Not to be a down or anything, but like once my father passed away in 2019, I was cleaning out his apartment. I see his painting and I'm like, man, that's cool. He left me with something that year right there, I painted over 300 paintings. So I've tried to be very creative. I would also describe myself as being ambitious. And then the last word I would describe myself is probably caring.
0: Great three words. Next question is, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? Maybe it's the instruments, maybe it's something else.
2: Football's been in my family for over 100 years. Wow. My great-grandfather, I got some pictures of him back here. He has like the leather helmets and he played college football back in 1913. Dr. Leroy Moore. There's articles on him on the New York Times. And not only has, you know, football been in the family for over 100 years, but just coaching. My grandfather, his name's Dr. Moore as well he was a basketball coach. And well, he coached, I mean, way back in the 50s and 60s. He coached so long at Prairie View a University that they actually named the gymnasium after him. So I have a great grandfather that I met when I was a kid. He has a building named after him at Langston University. And then I have a grandfather with the gymnasium <laughs> named after him. So just sports, football, all this is kind of running through my blood, running through my body. And it kind of makes me smile seeing my kids still picking up that ladder and still playing. So yeah, I'd love to see us going 100 years and beyond.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company and why?
2: I would go to that world champ. I mean, people tend to forget like, who was who that CEO? Who is this? But we, we don't forget the world champs. I mean, there's you go to a sports trivia bar Everybody would lose if they said, hey, who was the CEO back of in the 70s or whatever? But if you sat there and said, who won the Super Bowl? It's like, oh, that's a great sports trivia question. It's like, yeah, people kind of lean more towards these world champs right here.
0: Now, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to?
2: I just picked up a copy of Who Says I Can't?
0: I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get
2: a sign right after here. I just just bought that. I know that's a quick promotion, but yeah, that's what I'm into. I got a couple reference books on coaching and head coaching and all that good stuff. But this one right here is the one I'm most excited about. And as far as podcasts go, I always try to get that daily kind of motivation. Eric Thomas or, or Earn Your Leisure. Just those are the two podcasts that I'm kind of say. And you know what, man. Coach Rob just put me on to this amazing podcast called Move the Ball. So, since I'm doing all these <laughs> promotions, let me tell you that yes, this podcast is really awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. The next question is if you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
2: My favorite song right now is The Fantasy by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I, I don't know. Bad at, I feel like there's like never a bad time to play that. The bass line in, and man, that's a song right there
0: okay (laughs) what would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed
2: i would love to keep pursuing the art i would love to keep pursuing the music or i would love to take the career move i have right here and just go up higher i would love to see me and uh coach rob yes (laughs) keep on coaching uh, higher and higher even with this career move right here
0: and you have 24 hours in a private plane that will take you anywhere where are you going
2: oh my goodness for me i am from the midwest st louis missouri no one cooks smothered potatoes like my aunt. I would have to go right there. And also during the pandemic, I met a lot of, so Broadway shut down and they started Zooming and people started Zooming like music because these artists knew like, hey, if I don't use it, I'm going to lose it. So there would be like piano bars, guitar bars. And I met so many good people from Chicago and I actually got a chance to see some of these guys perform. And it seems like there's always something going on in Chicago as far as like a concert or something else. So yeah, I'm I'm starting in St. Louis and I'm working up my way up to Chicago to see all my Chicago people.
0: Well, it's a great place to be as someone who's from Chicago, born and raised. Obviously I've lived all over in my career, but definitely Chicago is a great place to check out as well. And lots of good culture and entertainment. All right, coach Rob, you are up. Now are you ready for these two minute drill questions?
1: I'm ready. Let's do this.
0: All right. First question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: If I were to be honest with myself and everybody that has told me, I'm very adaptive. My girlfriend calls me stubborn a lot of the times. So I think stubborn is one good description about myself. I'm just very consistent, I guess you can say too.
0: Okay. Great three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: I'm actually an artist myself and I haven't drawn any photos or anything like that in a long time. started when I was five or six years old in first grade and I was doodling on my my paper and my teacher asked me, Robert, what are you doing? Why aren't you paying attention? I said, well, I'm drawing the shark's logo. And she looked at it. She was upset when she walked up. She goes, wow, that's really good. (laughs) So with her impression, I was like, oh, maybe I can impress more people with my art. I grew into drawing a lot of face portraits for people, wedding uh, photos, and I love to crosshatch is what they call it, the source of sketching. I used to like to sketch with a real pencil, but because the paint would chip in my mouth, I started going into a little bit more digital art. And as of right now, I'm working on a piece of Joe Musgrove, who is a starting pitcher for the Padres. He just won last night, beat Shohei Otani and the Angels. Joe Musgrove's a am a big fan of him. His, his humbleness and character is really, I'm a fan of, and his pitching. He's an ace. So artwork. I'm I'm an artist.
0: Okay, two artists right here. Awesome. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion dollar company? And why?
1: I was gonna say world champion. And the reason why I'm not gonna say world champion is because I feel like if you're gonna be a CEO of a billion dollar industry or company, I feel like you have the ability to really change the world in a positive way. Or the other way as well. But for me, I feel like when if I ever get into the millions I would love to just work with foundations that need attention to be able to be selfless in that platform would be a great way I can, yeah.
0: (laughs) What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you listening to?
1: The book I'm reading right now, it's called The Score Takes Care of Itself. And The Score Takes Care of Itself was written by Bill Walsh and another ghostwriter. But basically what the book is saying is, is that when you focus on the little things, the score is going to take care of itself. So Bill Walsh wrote a book right before he passed, on a lot of uh, or four companies, whether if it was a corporate atmosphere or a sport atmosphere, he wrote a lot about his leadership philosophies. And the one thing I realized is just taking care of the little, little things like we know what a go route is, but maybe we don't, the kids don't know what a landmark is. And a lot of the times, you know, like we're calling four verts, the slots need to hit their landmarks, which is the hashes. And just taking care of the little things like that is what's going to really Make the play go. And don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of broken plays in football that can go wrong like that. And we can get a break. But I'm very precision in my teaching. And Bill Walsh in the book kind of reassures me that it's about taking care of the little things on the football field and off the football field. So when I was asked, what's your philosophy and what's your non negotiables? Well, one non negotiable is everybody matters. And I read that in that book as well. Like he got to know even the secretary or the assistant in the front of the training facility. He knew her firsthand. They would have a little joke together. They would play basketball with the garbage can. You know what I mean? Just getting to know people, getting to know building relationships. He knew the janitor that swept the floor of his office and, you know, he'd bring him donuts and things like that. So, just taking care of the little things and the score will take care of itself when you when you take care of the little things.
0: Oh, for sure. You got to focus on those little details. I mean, all the NFL athletes that come on the show always talk about the littlest things make the biggest difference. But also, I like that you talk about the relationships and that everybody matters. I mentioned earlier that I did this two part career series where I talked about things that I did to get into Fortune 50 senior leadership early in my career. It was really about the people and focusing on everybody. It's not just about the senior leaders or the big dogs, or the, the stars of the team. It's everybody matters no matter what their role is and making sure that everyone felt like they were appreciated and that you cared about them genuinely and authentically.
1: Inclusion is a big reason why I'm a part of football. I'm a part of the world, which is a quote unquote, a hands-on world. So you hit it on the head when you bring everybody together and make them feel like they matter and they can bring something to the table. You enable them to just learn life. It's, it's crazy. Inclusion, I love it. So thank you for touching on that.
0: Of course. So the next question is, if you could have any one song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be?
1: (laughs) I used to roll into college parties with How Do You Want It from Tupac, but I changed (laughs) a little bit, pivoted, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I changed it to Lay My Claim, and Lay My Claim by Revolution has been a big song for me because I love reggae, for one. Revolution was introduced to me a long time ago, maybe about 12 or 13 years ago, and they have a song called Lay My Claim. And and Lay My Claim has a line where it's talking about laying your claim in this world and watch the whole world unfold straight from the soul. So when you really just lay your claim and just master your craft and appreciate your craft, then the whole world is going to unfold into a beautiful thing. And a lot of the times we have a perception on this world where it's really tough and and bad. Well, Yes, there is bad, but there's also good. And people need to be reminded that there's, there is good in this world. And Lay My Claim was a great song that I would love to roll up to my motivational speeches.
0: Oh, absolutely. Great song for sure. All right. The next question is, what would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed?
1: I think that if I were to be completely honest with myself, I did well as a salesperson at Best Buy. I'm very driven with numbers. That's why I was going to school to be a math teacher. So it would either be a sales manager in a corporate world or a math teacher, in which I'm still going to pursue being a math teacher. I love how you're either right or wrong in math. And it's funny now that I'm a writer, I went with that route, but I definitely want to finish my degree in, in teaching math. Or if I think football is always going to be a part of my life, so being a teacher and a football coach is going to be here forever.
0: Well, as someone that has two engineering degrees and an MBA in finance, I am a numbers geek, so I'm with you there on the math side. All right, the next question is: You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going?
1: I was mind boggled by Coach's answer. (laughs) St. Louis. Oh my gosh! I've never been. I've never been to St. Louis, so I can't knock it. But if I had a ticket to go anywhere in the world, You know, I'm trying to be a little bit more selfless and I've been looking into my girlfriend has always wanted to go to Machu Picchu. So yeah, that's kind of out there, but I would love to experience a new culture. I don't know about the accessibility, but it's beautiful. I've been Googling it and kind of just trying to map out a trip with me and my girlfriend in the near future to Machu Picchu. So that would be it right as of right, right now.
0: Okay, well, hopefully you get to go there sometime soon. So the bonus question for you both, Coach Mo, you first, M&Ms, plain or peanut?
2: Oh, I've got to go with peanut. Yes, thank God. That's me too.
0: Okay, good. You two are peanut people and so am I. So awesome. Well, guys, as we look to close the show, let people know where can people continue to follow you on social media, keep up with the Marvista football program. Let us know and we will have all those in the show notes as well.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so you can find me Coach Rob Mendez on Instagram and in my bio. There is a link where you can book me as a speaker. I love to travel. So please, if you listeners would like a speaker, I definitely like to share my story on perspective of life without norms, and no legs and appreciating our, our abilities. And as well as you can find my book on my Instagram. I need to build up my Twitter a little bit more, but thank you so much for sharing my story and, and Mar Vista story. Coach?
2: Yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Marvista, H-C, Mar Vista Head Coach. And if you want to see any artwork, I'm at Big Mo Art. All right. And that's on Instagram, yeah.
0: Perfect. We will have all of those links in the show notes so people can keep up with you guys on your journey. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Thank you. It was awesome. Thank you very much. We had fun, I had fun, for sure.
0: Good, I'm glad you did. And thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. Once again, if you haven't already done so, hit that follow button so that you never miss a future episode. And also share the show with some friends too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, thanks again for listening and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today, not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.